birthdays in our home is, are huge, okay? Uh, anniversaries as well. Anniversaries and um, birthdays, big deal. Um, we do our best to really spoil each other and to really go all out. Um, we really want to make each other feel loved. And secretly, we've kind of made it into a competition. <laughs> we secretly made it into a friendly competition on who can celebrate the other better, okay? It's always every other year, we'll, I mean, we just try to top and top and top. But it's been, it's so much fun. And Pastor Keenan is an amazing planner. He's so romantic. I mean, he just really knows how to celebrate. He does such a great job spoiling me. Yes, you. <laughs> he does an amazing job. Well, I'll tell you this story about four years ago. Now, as I'm telling you this story, just keep in mind, we've already talked about it. We've already laughed about it. This is not offended, none of that, okay? <laughs> so about four years ago, it was my birthday, okay? So in typical Canaan fashion, he planned out every detail. All I'm responsible for is waking up, getting in the car. It's him from that point on, okay? So it started off in the, um, at the we, he took me to get a massage in Davis. Wonderful, right? Hour-long massage, I'm there, I'm like, yes, this is how you set the tempo. I love a good massage. So he sends me to Davis, I'm getting my massage, he picks me up, takes me back home so I can change into my outfit for the day. So I'm home now, changing, see he looks at his watch. All right, we gotta hurry up, we gotta get to our next reservation. All right, I like it, sure. So we, he whisks me away to Sacramento. So now we're in Sacramento, we land at a gun range. Look at this. Does this look like gun range material? <laughs> Didn't matter, whatever. I'm excited. He planned it, adventure, something new, something different, mix it up a bit. So we're at the gun range. I actually enjoyed myself. <laughs> Wouldn't do it again, but I had a fun time. <laughs> we're there for a little while and, no, for a while, and then I see he looks at his watch. I'm like, okay. He's like, all right, we got to wrap this up. We got to go. We got to head out to our next adventure. I'm like, okay, all right. Hop in the car and we are down the freeway. We're going in the opposite direction now. Now we're headed toward the Bay Area. So we, right. So it's okay. I mean, we have no plans. It's my day. Do whatever you want to do. We're in Emeryville now. We're at the shops. Shopping, we're going from shop to shop to shop, really enjoying myself, you know, picking up a few things here and there at the stores, and just really kind of take, I was taking my time. Then I see, all right, we got to hurry up, we got to get to our next reservation, <laughs> let's go, I'm like, oh, all right, fine, so <laughs> he's got me going. So we, we get in the car, we race to our next spot, now we land at the movie theaters, movie theaters. All right. I mean, there was a movie that I wanted to see. I'm not a movie buff. I don't care for movies. They make me sleepy. I just, I just, I don't know. I think I'm allergic to movies. So he, I'm like, all right, whatever. I go to the movies. We watch the movie that I actually mentioned to him that I wanted to see. Turned out to be really good. I'm enjoying the movie. And then before the credits come on, I see 
Like, we gotta come? Like, are you kidding me? All right, so he whisks me again. <laughs> I'm exhausted by this point, secretly. I am tired. So we land into our next, we're, we're heading further. So now we're in San Francisco. We pull out and we pull out. I'm like, oh, great, thank you, Jesus. We're at my favorite restaurant, Crustaceans. Yeah. Yes. So if you, have, if you guys love crab and have never been to Crustaceans, Crustaceans is the place for all my crab lovers, okay? So I, we pull up, we park, I'm excited. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I am just so ready for this. We walk, we run upstairs, uh, they check us in, we, we walk to our table, sit down. I already know what I'm ordering. I'm ordering the roasted crab that comes smothered in garlic, smothered in butter, and the, the crab meat is just so big and juicy and fresh. Whatever, anyways. <laughs> And a side of garlic noodles. I'm ready to indulge, okay? So the waiter comes, takes our order. And now I'm just sitting back in anticipation, so excited. And then he's like, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. No way. He's like, well, you know, uh, there's a slight problem. So I got you tickets to the Golden State Warriors game. Yes. And I, my eyes light up. I'm excited. He's like, I didn't factor in traffic. And I'm like, okay, well, what time is the game at? The game is at 6.30. Girls, why is it 5.45? <laughs> it's 5.45. I'm like, are you kidding me? How is this going to work out? So by the time the waiter brings our food, it's 6 o'clock. Have you ever tried to eat crab in a hurry? Don't do it. I was cracking through those crabs like nobody's business. It looked like a crab eating contest. It was the worst. I'm cracking. Ugh, too little. Don't have time for it. Cracking. Okay. Just, I mean, I'm going to town. I'm not even using any of the utensils. I'm just busting right. It was an ugly sight. It was so ugly. And I was just like, okay. So we make it to the Golden State Warriors game, top of the second quarter. They ended up winning. It was wonderful. But by the end of it all, on our drive home, I was frustrated. <laughs> I mean, but I was so grateful for his heart. I was so, so, you know, excited and, and just really grateful. And I told him, I was like, you know, thank you so much. And I still am grateful for the day that he planned all on his own. He did it from top to bottom with love and with attention to detail and with all of that. Like he was really put in, <laughs> he really put on a lot of effort. And I told him, you know what? Thank you so much, but never, ever plan me a birthday with that many activities <laughs> crammed into one day. I mean, I couldn't, it made it impossible to enjoy. I was going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And although each thing was amazing, I could have enjoyed separately, but because they were all together, I couldn't enjoy it. I was so overwhelmed and so frustrated, and I was so tired, and I was filled with anxiety, making sure every time he looked at his watch, making sure we made it to the appointment, right? To the next reservation. But how often, ladies? do we get caught in the performance trap of life? So often we fill our schedules to the point of utter exhaustion and frustration. We rush around like crazy people, right? We, our days are filled with uh, appointments, job demands, job meetings, grocery shopping, daycare, taking the dog to the vet, got a doctor's appointment, coffee date, play date, dinner date, movie date, sports. 
Every day looks the same, right? Jammed, packed with things. One day rolls into the next, rolls into the next, rolls into the next, and we are just so busy. In fact, that is actually usually what people say when you hadn't seen them in a long time. How are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Really? Yep, busy, busy, busy. As if, like, that's the thing to be, as if that's a great thing to always be busy. Well, all of the busyness and in the midst of all of the noise, Jesus longs to redirect our focus. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, in the Amplified Version, it puts it so beautifully, says, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, a disregard, I'm sorry, disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Focusing our eyes on Jesus. So the title of my message today is Mary in a Martha World. Mary in a Martha World. Because a good example of this is when the Lord came to visit Mary and Martha. This is easily one of my favorite stories because of how relatable this story is. I can easily insert myself in the role of Mary or I can easily insert myself in the role of Martha. These are two sisters who couldn't be more different. Martha was like the picture perfect hostess and cook. And on the other hand, you have Mary. She's Martha's sister. She's not really into the hostess scene. She's more kind of like into conversation and, and um, uh, relationship. Mary isn't interested in the day's menu. She's really interested in fellowship. Now, if I'm thinking, if you were to drop in at Mary's house, you'd probably have to go and fetch your own tea because she's not about to do it. Any Marys in the house? Anybody willing to admit they're Mary? <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. Nobody got time for that, right? Just go get your own tea. You know where the refrigerator is. <laughs> so let's read the story of Mary and Martha, one of my favorites. Um, Luke 10, verse 38 through 42. Now, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care about my care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, I love the way Jesus answers, Martha, I love it, Martha, Martha, you probably wanted to say chill, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So here we discover an occasion where the stark contrast between these sisters is obvious. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus while Martha is busy with much serving. Mary is enthralled as she sits at the Savior's feet, drinking in the words of life. Martha is enraged 
as she busily paces back and forth from the kitchen to the living room, kitchen to the living room. You know what that looks like, right? The Bible tells us in verse 38 that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home, but it didn't take her very long to get upset and stressed out and angry at the fact that her sister was just sitting while she was doing all of the preparations. Now, Martha directed her anger towards Jesus in verse 40. She is essentially saying, Lord, if you really cared about me, you would rebuke my sister and tell her to get in this kitchen and help me. Martha was so fed up and she had the nerve to get snappy at Jesus and told him what to do. But that's what busyness does, right? Busy, when we are at the height of our busyness, we're moving around. The moment somebody gets in our way, we will snap at them. And Jesus was on the receiving end this time. Doesn't matter who it is, if you're in the way of my busyness, if you're in the way of, of me being productive, something bad is bound to happen. So we're gonna pause for a second because it's easy to focus on Martha's apparent frustration. It's so, so easy. But I wanna consider her in a different light because it's not that Martha was bad and Mary was good. Both of these women were commendable. Both of these women were, were wonderful women. In fact, Martha is a doer, okay? Martha is certainly commendable for that because in her culture at that time, that's what she was supposed to be doing. She was supposed to be serving. She was supposed to be preparing. So Martha was following the rules. So let's thank God for all of the, Mary, the Marthas of the world who get things done and it's productive. Because sometimes when we hold our, when we read this story, we start to feel a little bit of guilt and we start to feel a little bit of shame because we are productive. We're moving, we're moving, and we're moving. But there are plenty of scriptures that support good work ethic. There's plenty of scriptures that support good work habits. One of my favorite scriptures is if a man doesn't work, he don't eat. Like, you know, <laughs> that's a scripture that supports working. So let's be very clear. Let me be very clear. Work, ambition, being a type A personality is not the problem, okay? Work, ambition is not the problem. What the issue comes down to is our heart, it's our priorities, it's our motives, and making the best choices in life. That's what it comes down to. And oh, how difficult it is to make the best choices in life when it's between what is best and what is good. So in this instance with Mary and Martha, there were more important things to do than housework. There were more important things to do than prepare for dinner. What Jesus desired, it wasn't dinner. What Jesus desired was devotion. Martha was worried and troubled about many things. Martha's worried and anxious heart wouldn't find rest in more serving, but Martha's anxious heart would find rest, like Mary, at sitting at the feet of Jesus and finding rest in his presence. Being in Jesus' presence, that's where she would have found her rest. Now, if only you and I can stop long enough or 
you and I can see ourselves the way that Jesus sees us. He sees that we are filled with so much busyness, but on the inside, you and I, we're running on empty, living on fumes from day to day. Our lives look like a NASCAR track, looks the same and it's going fast, but one day rolls into the next, it rolls into the next, filled with so much busyness. We are running on empty, we're frustrated, we're weary, we're anxious, we're nearly breaking under the pressure of trying to keep it all together. Amen? So personally, I know the struggle that I face every single day when work and worship collide. Okay. Part of me is Mary. I want to just sit and worship. I want to put on my, my playlist and just go to town and worship. I want to sit at Jesus' feet and just pray and pour out my heart. But the other part of me is Martha. The other part of me is Martha and my thoughts are racing and it's interrupting my prayer time. My phone interrupts my worship time. My kids interrupt my meditation. How do we choose the better and still get things done? Well, I have some good news. And I know you're thinking I'm going to lay down the hammer and give you a whole list of spiritual things to do, but I'm not. Nothing needs to be added or marked off of your schedules just yet. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal that part to you in time. But there is something that we all can do that builds a foundation for getting good at choosing what is best in the busyness of our lives. And when we begin to lay down this foundation, it changes everything. It's not a to-do, it's a to-think. It's an attitude. Can I give you one word for it? Content. Content. Can I see content on the screen, please? To be content with where you are, it's an attitude. Okay? To be content with where you are, it's an attitude. Now let's consider Paul while he was writing Philippians chapter 4. When he was writing this letter, he was in a prison. Now, he wasn't in the prison that you and I are used to. He's what I'd like to think of close to a dungeon. No lights, lucky if he gets a meal, tied to the floor. I'm sure he's laying in his own filth. And where others would have seen no hope, his focus was on Christ. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. So this tells me that contentment is a learned behavior, okay? None of us are born with the idea of I am content at all times. Sure, some of us are more laid back, some of us are more calm, but none of us really understand this level of contentment because we are constantly fueled with images and with things that constantly tell us that we are not enough. We have to do more, we have to keep up. It's always something, you gotta keep working. But Paul goes on to say in verse 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Do you want to know what this secret is? Verse 13 tells us, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. 
In other words, right? In other words, whatever situation I'm in, whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, whether my social calendar is full or whether it's empty, whether nobody is following, whether I have the whole world's attention, I can be content. I have learned to be content through Jesus who gives me strength. Now, how could Paul make such a bold statement? Because he knew that contentment lies in not what he has, but it lies in whose he is. Now, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean we need to stop working. Doesn't mean we need to throw our calendars away. It doesn't mean we need to stop being ambitious. But it means that as we discover contentment, we can be grateful in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. Now, here's the thing. A lack of contentment causes us to look horizontally, okay? A lack of contentment causes us to look this way, causes us to look at each other, causes us to look at what other people are doing, what other people are saying. Got to keep up. I got to keep up. What is society telling me? I got to keep grinding. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to keep doing. It's constantly feeding us things that stir up that lack of contentment in us. And here's the thing. Sometimes, just sometimes, the root of our busyness is fear. There's a fear of disappointing others. So I say yes when I really want to say no, right? There's a fear of lack of finances. So I agree to pull my fourth overtime in just one week, and I'm dog tired. There's a fear of not mattering. So we overindulge in obligations for the appearance of importance. So the question becomes, before we fill up our schedule impulsively, the question becomes, do I trust God? Do I trust God's love and faithfulness in this situation? So if I can, I'd like to give us one more word to help us on our journey to becoming a Mary in a Martha world. One more word, enough. I have enough. I am enough. This, this is enough. Well, what about tomorrow? What if I don't have enough? What, What if I'm not doing enough? Okay, then let's tweak it a little bit. Enough for now. Come on. Okay? Enough for now. So when it comes to your calendar, okay, we're just watching TV. I can catch up on a few emails, get a little bit of work done. Kids aren't going to notice. They don't even care. No, no. I've done enough for now. Maybe I'll add the kids in another sport on top of all of the other activities that they have going on. I don't want them to miss out. I don't want them to be disappointed. No, no. We are busy enough for now. So do you know what this means? Do you understand that as we learn this concept and we begin to have this attitude of contentment by trusting God, right, we stop having this fear of missing out. And suddenly, we just don't have to chase like we used to. Because when you get frustrated and when I get frustrated and when I get frustrated with trying to keep up with my schedule and everything that I have to do for myself, for the kids, for for everybody around me, I become like Martha, 
consumed with all of the wrong things and I really miss out on what is best. Now, again, contentment doesn't always change our circumstances, but you can best believe that it does change you. Just like our busyness. Our busyness doesn't change our circumstances, but you can best believe it will change you. So Jesus' words to Martha are the same words he wants to speak to your heart and to mine. In my closing, Jess, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. The one thing, ladies, moms, sisters, the one thing, it's not found in doing more. That one thing is found sitting at the feet of Jesus. So I pray... I pray that you will allow the Holy Spirit total access to your schedule. Whether you tend to be a bit driven, like like Martha, or more meditative, like Mary, God is calling you to a place of contentment through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, the choice he offered to these very two different sisters and the transformation that they experienced is exactly what he's offering to you and to me as well. For he is a savior who accepts us just the way that we are, Mary or Martha or maybe the combination of the two, but he loves us too much. He loves us too much to leave us that way. He is the one who can give us that merry heart in a Martha world. So let Jesus' words be incredibly freeing to those of us that are on that performance treadmill of life. So if I may, moms and ladies, I would like to read this scripture over you, okay? So if we can, let's all just take a deep breath in and let it all out. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 29, and it reads, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. Amen. So in obedience to his invitation, we find the key to our longings, the secrets to living beyond the daily pressures that would otherwise just break us into two. As we learn what it means to choose the better part of contentment through Jesus Christ, we begin to be changed, you and I, from the inside out. Because it isn't always more that he requires of us. In fact, it may be less. Amen? This message, as I was preparing for it, was incredibly challenging for me. I mean, it was so challenging. I'm like, God, I haven't even gotten to a place with this. I'm like in the middle of this. But man, I've learned so much. I've learned so much. I'm like, God, why would you ask me to do something that I haven't even gone on the other side of yet? But it was this, if anybody, it was for me. <laughs> it was for me because now I learned enough, Sadia schedules, all of that, enough. Find rest at Jesus' feet. He cares for you. It doesn't matter what season of life you are in. If you are in the season of waiting, you are enough. If you are in the season of busyness, it is enough. 
If you are in the season of, I gotta, I gotta prove myself. I don't want to disappoint anyone. It is enough. It is enough. So as we begin our journey to being a Mary in a Martha world, let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you before we impulsively throw things on our schedule. Because we don't always become accomplished. We always don't get what we want to get done. But like I said, we, that busyness, it affects us, right? That busyness affects us. Irritable, ulcers, stress, migraines. We find rest at Jesus' feet. Let's learn, ladies, to find rest. If we got to just, and I know I didn't say I'm going to add anything to your schedule, but sometimes you just got to say, time out, enough. God, I commit my schedule to you. Whatever is happening, I just got to wait. I got to fill up, Lord, at your feet. So I challenge you this week and the weeks to come to say that I am enough. This is enough because he is enough. Amen.